Get ready. It's the Thursday edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show, Sacred Fire of Liberty. Jonathan E. Moore set to reveal something so profound, extraordinary. Breaking news here. Five days before the public will know. You'll know. Stand by for that and a whole other, well, a lot of other philosophical, fundamental discussions on freedom that you know and love with Jonathan E. Moore. Uh, also scheduled uh, hour two, Daniel Baker, also known as Danny Baker. She's a hospice nurse that's been injured severely by the COVID jab. Uh, transverse myelitis, anyone? Not fun. Not fun at all. We'll hope to hear from her as well. And if it allows, technologically allows, we may get some updates from the Capitol in Salt Lake City in Utah as a, there's a protest uh, on behalf and support of uh, uh, Dr. Kirk Moore and company that have been accused by the government of, um, of violating conspiracy acts or other things under the emergency and not given the jabs, despite the fact that uh, we think it's heroic what he's done. Um, that's a detail that we'll have in the notes as well. Stand by for that. Anything else linked up at robertscatbell.com slash listen. Chat room's happening. See you there. Thanks for being here. Let's get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, welcome to the most exciting time of the week on the Robert Scott Bell Show. At least my wife says that. It's like, don't mess with me when Jonathan Emord's on the Robert Scott Bell Show. I'm serious. She like plans her day around that, Jonathan. <laughs> Welcome. Sacred Fire of Liberty is happening now, my brother. We're getting close to some exciting announcements. I don't know what we can share today, but good We're Lord. If you have the whole thing today, Robert. You, if you haven't been moored for VA.com, you moored for Virginia.com, you got to check this out, what's happening. Uh, as we're airing the show today, that would be the 26th of January, four days shy of a major announcement. That's what I gather. Yes. So I can tell you, uh, as the papers are being prepared and being filed this week, that on January the 31st, I will announce that I'm a candidate for the United States Senate against Tim Kaine in Virginia. Woo! All right. It's happening, y'all. You have been a big part of this. Everybody in the Robert Scott Bell Show family, you know who you are. You love and appreciate Jonathan. He's been with us for a long time, sharing a consistent message of you know, freedom, liberty, uh, the rights coming from God, all of the things that I love about Jonathan E. Moore now putting into direct action in the United States Senate two years from now. So we'll be talking a lot more about what you, you guys and gals can do to help for the next part of the journey. We do have upcoming events we'll talk about sometime this hour, just as a reminder, California, Arizona, Virginia, different places, Florida that you can be at as well. Uh, we've got a number of stories to cover uh, today as well. We, we continue to cover the news items that are out there in a way that, uh, uh, well, only we can do apparently, but I'd like more people to be able to do it and see it in a principled way. So I pause. All right. I pause for you just in case. Um, the, the, here's an interesting thing. I don't think I plan to talk about this, but when we talk about right and wrong and we can talk about lawful and legal, get into nuances of, of, of lawyer speak. You've been an attorney for decades now. You've been battling the bureaucratic oligarchy from within the court system. And you see the injustice that happens when all three branches of government are combined into one, like in the oligarchy. You've written extensively about it with n numerous books. And we could look back 
in history and say, yeah, there are people that have violated laws or regulations, but in retrospect, they were actually doing the right thing. Let's talk about uh, in the history of, of the rise of the Third Reich in uh, Germany, Nazi Germany. There were laws against housing and harboring and hiding Jewish people, for instance, from being rounded up or being you know, somehow even worse than rounded up. And those people were violating the law or regulations within that time frame. Yet we look back on those people that did that, that hid them or underground railroaded them out to safety as heroes. People that violated their government laws and regulations. There are people today, Jonathan, some within the physician community that have elected to violate regulations to save people's lives, to protect children from the harm, for instance, of mandatory injections that could injure or kill them. And the feds are going after people like that. And I think in real time, we need to stand up because they have done what we would acknowledge in the past is the right thing to do, but it took decades to get there and look back as opposed to now seeing it. So much of what the federal government has done is saying is illegal is really morally and ethically righteous. I'm just kind of throwing that out there as a consideration. Thomas Jefferson said, law is often, but the tyrants will, and always so when it violates the rights of an individual. So when law, we, we start with a premise in our country that's in the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, that just governments derive their powers from the consent of the governed and that just governments are designed, that is, they are intended for the purpose of protecting individual rights. So when government turns on its own citizens and violates their rights, then we have people who rise like Martin Luther King, who stand up against these injustices, even when it means that they may be arrested, they may be incarcerated. Um, so. While I would prefer that people resort in the first instance to all lawful means and to court to vindicate their rights, um, I certainly am not unsympathetic to those who find that that is not available to them or have, having tried have failed and nonetheless are still being persecuted. In the end, if you are motivated by uh, defense of individual liberty for yourself, your family, your friends, your community, your country, um, you are doing the right thing. And merely because someone has the power in government to enact legislation or pass a regulation or issue an edict like so many governors and the president did mm -hmm. that violate your rights doesn't mean you have to follow that law. And you know, I just successfully represented um, Matt Strickland, who's now running for the state Senate in Virginia in, uh, in, in Fredericksburg. It's where his uh, restaurant is, Gormelts. Mm -hmm. And he was the victim of a violation of his rights. Gov Governor Northam's executive order shut, essentially shut down, would have shut down his restaurant and denied people the right to congregate there and uh, denied him the right to serve them. And he objected to that to the point where he refused to abide by those restrictions. And then he was subjected to a revocation of his license and his um, alcohol was confiscated and so on. And we fought for him. And fortunately, so did the people of Virginia. 
and we got his uh, license back and his alcohol back and his mm -hmm. no criminal charges are going to be brought against him precisely because people like uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin and um, his administration fully recognized mm -hmm. justice and then we seized upon it as well and went before the board and did our best and the upshot of that was that he got back all of this. So there is no, you know, uh, history is filled with conflicts between people who are defending their rights against those who wish to take them away in government. And just because you happen to be on the other side of the law doesn't mean the law is just. I mean, we're, right. history yeah. of the world is rife with unjust laws. Unjust laws populate our code. Mm -hmm. uh, regulations that, that writ large all over the place are violating people's rights today. So... I think about disobedience to un suing over those those issues. Yeah. I think about and people have said this in the past. Some very famous people, early in our founding fathers, among them, uh, disobedience to unjust laws or what we call unconstitutional uh, laws uh, are uh, you know, basically obedience to, I believe, a higher authority. And you know, there are plenty of examples throughout history. One of the classics ones I love bringing up, and we've talked about that, the Rosa Parks. Uh, incident so many years ago, they had to, you're, you're black, you have to sit in the back of the bus. And she's like, refused to do so. And what did it start? And there are many things like that. I think we're witnessing today among the, those examples you just gave and others we've featured on the show, gyms that said, we're not closing down. They were subject to fines and uh, threatened loss of freedom. Uh, we had one lady from a, a cheesecake manufacturer out in Oregon that stood against uh, the governor of her state. And they're all being, for the most part, vindicated even though they were fined or threatened with imprisonment uh, because they violated, quote unquote, the law or the regulation under emergency uh, powers, which seemingly, uh, you know, we've talked about this as well, that is there an escape clause in the Constitution under an emergency that says suddenly now the government can do whatever the heck it wants and you guys, you guys have to comply. And, and like, again, the extreme example may be considered Nazi Germany, but that is also a government that says this is the law and those who, you know, uh, follow it, uh, you know, in some cases were convicted under the Nuremberg trials for, you know, violating human humanity, if you will, in that in this case. So I think there's a lot that we have to mature here, even in the United States, to recognize there's a lot of things that have happened. Well, that well, in our history, they passed the Alien and Sedition Acts, and those acts included violations of the First Amendment rights of the American people, disallowing them the right to criticize their own government and the right to uh object to specific office holders um and that was enforced by the adams administration and and thomas jefferson and james madison dissented from it in the kentucky and virginia resolutions and the supreme court ultimately in the 20th century held that to have been an unconstitutional law uh but the point is that the um and that was in dicta of course because it had long since subsided but they nonetheless recognize that but the point the point is that um uh those in power who are authoritarian in their orientation mm -hmm. will uh use power and abuse it and abuse of power is is a condition of government it is not actually something that we should think is separate from government government by its nature as it grows particularly becomes more oppressive and violates people's rights so we have this thing called the Bill of Rights, which is a recognition not only of the rights that are specified there uh, as being ones protected 
against government violation, but also against the rights reserved by the people being pr protected. Hmm. And those are a vastly, you know, more numerous set of rights that have been retained by the people. So when we see these things, I mean, right now we're witnessing the violation of every American's rights as a result of the president's violation of his constitutional oath of office to ensure that the laws are faithfully executed and to serve as commander in chief in defense of our nation when the southern border is an open border and we're experiencing an invasion of over 6,000 illegal aliens entering this country. Among them are drug traffickers, sex traffickers, and people who are in uh, terrorists who are in gangs and various other uh, ne'er-do-wells who are coming in without any vetting and are taking up uh, their, their posts wherever they wish to be and are committing crimes. Um, that's, that is directly the result of a president who will not enforce the law. That is a, that's, that's a basis for impeachment. Mm -hmm. It's a violation of his oath of office. It's an obstruction of justice. So we, we, we look to remedy these things. Of course, the Constitution was written so that it would limit the potential for these things happening because the founders knew the nature of government throughout recorded history. This is exactly as you said it. Inherent in government is abuse of power, abuse of authority, abuse of people. All of these things that are ever present today as much as any other time in history, although uh, we kind of fool ourselves if we believe, well, no, no, we, we're beyond that now because technology is it progressed and other things no the nature of government is still the nature of government and so to restrict government and those in government from abusing their authority and power here's an, uh, an interesting example there's uh josh, senator josh howley has just introduced the pelosi act of all things on tuesday following a previous bill he introduced barring members from trading stocks basically apparently a lot of people when they go into the into government at high levels they may go in at a certain level of economic uh, uh, wherever they are in terms of the money they have, et cetera, and they come out multi-millionaires. And you're like, how did this happen? Some people say there's a lot of insider information and trading that's going on. What do you perceive is going on with this Josh Howley promoted bill? Well, I'm all for it. Uh, there's an inherent conflict of interest that arises when you own stock. That is, you have an investment interest in particular companies uh, that are themselves the subject of legislation and of regulation in the government. So when you go into government, I mean, the government's so vast now uh, that it, it affects every area of enterprise. So you don't want to be, uh, if you're an honest, sincere person, you don't want to have a conflict of interest. You don't have a financial investment in an entity that may be investigated or prosecuted or that may have uh, be advocating for specific legislation. You don't want to have a financial interest in the outcome of the government's action because that's a conflict. Of course, Joe Biden did this routinely as vice president, selling access to the vice president and influence peddling uh, through his son, Hunter, and then directly profiting from it on the other side. So he's equally guilty, and that needs to be something that is thoroughly investigated and he needs to ultimately be made to account for his violations of the criminal laws. And, and, you know, this is something here that in the case of Nancy Pelosi, she became famous for what was perceived to be, uh, advantaging herself and her husband through, uh, the inside information that they would obtain 
as well as from knowledge that if they voted, that they allowed a particular bill to be uh, voted upon, it would have certain economic consequences. It would result in either their, a decision to sell or buy stock. This is the kind of thing that is an abuse of position and power that the American people rightfully call corruption. And so does government law on the point, but the law is inadequate. Yeah. So what, what's happening is Holly is filling that gap by making sure that there could be no stock ownership by members uh, directly or indirectly when they're serving in Congress. They have to sell their stock beforehand. I think this is a good bill mm-hmm. and should be enacted. And I, I'm going to sell my stock before I assume office. I'll sell all of it. Yeah. Well, I think that a, lo- a lot of people now are just so disgusted by what they've witnessed. Exception to that, that he's included for, uh, for example, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, 401k plans and those kinds of retirement plans. But this is direct stock investment is what we're talking about. Right, exactly. And, and, and profiting off the insider information you get, you see things happening at that level, often well before the public does. And then, you you know, how else do you explain, you know, the Pelosi's of the world becoming multi, you know, millionaires over yeah. the course of their career? And also uh, the former Nevada senator who died, who was a real behemoth. Um, what's his name? I can't remember. Gary, Gary Reed. Gary Reed. There he is. Yeah. Gary Reed was a disaster in this sort of thing. I mean, all through land deals and all kinds of things that were just corrupt as can be. Yeah, it's just incredible what we've witnessed. The question is, you know, are we willing individually, of course, to step up and, and put a stop to this? And also uh, putting uh, good people that know the Constitution, that abide by it, that have a track record of integrity, as uh, my friend Jonathan Emord has. And we've witnessed uh, year after year after year here on this show and more so even longer than that uh, through his friendship. I want to remind everybody, too, upcoming uh, the Trinity Health Freedom Expo, the virtual version, uh, which includes all of the presentations, including Jonathan Emord's presentation at the Health Freedom Expo last October, and then even new and updated information being uh, put together uh, February 18th and 19th. If you go to TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com, it's like 30 bucks, and you get three months access to all the things you couldn't even see if you were there with us. Uh, so just a quick reminder and shout out to our friends at Trinity School of Natural Health. They're doing amazing work in bringing even the physician and nursing community to learn things they didn't learn in their education when it was all focused, unfortunately, on pharmaceutical uh, indoctrination. And, and, you know, there's a place we've acknowledged for medicines. That's not ever been an argument uh, that I've been uh, making that there isn't. But the point is there's so much more to healthcare that we need to open up the freedom, free thought, as well as the freedom of these educational institutions to teach things beyond just FDA-approved pharmaceuticals for maintenance or regaining health. Yeah, we, what we are suffering from is uh, paternalism writ large, a state that wants to control every aspect of our lives. And this is antithetical to who we are. We are a free people. Who wants to be a slave to anybody? Who wants to be a slave to the state? Don't you want to direct your own future? Mm-hmm. Don't you want to drive yourself what's in your own best interest, what's in your family's interests? Instead, we have educating institutions of education in the public arena that are dictating to our children uh, that they should regard their their country as a racist state, inherently so, and that it's irredeemably so, and trying to convince people to judge one another based on their skin color and try to divide us. Uh, We need to be 
united in our commitments that is fundamental that arises from the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, which is that all men are created equal and that all are, are uh, endowed by their creator with inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that uh, governments are instituted among men to protect the rights of the governed, that just governments derive their powers from the consent of the governed. These essential cardinal principles are what define us as unique in all the world and has and is the source of our prosperity. Freedom mm-hmm. is the of our prosperity. So when we understand that, when we appreciate world history, when we can see that the greatest achievements in the history of the world have been a result not of government planning, but of private initiative and freedom. Yeah. We can then appreciate that as we as this country under Biden and under Kane and under all the Democrat leadership, turn to socialism, increasingly pushing government control and mandates. We lose everything that is precious to us, our freedom, and we also lose our prosperity. So freedom and progress go hand in glove. And as you'll see uh, from the logo that I've selected for our campaign, freedom and progress is a part of the logo. Mm-hmm. And uh, the logo uh, is strongly indicative of the commitment to freedom and also the recognition that our freedoms are, are you know, the future. We, we cannot look to the future and, and have promise for our children, for prosperity, for their health, for their welfare, if we are going to adopt a system that has a crushing blow on economic growth and that draws from the economy every ounce of of economic strength and that empowers people to dictate over us in ever larger numbers what we are to do with our lives. If we don't uh, take the course of fighting for freedom now, then we are going to witness our children suffer and they're already suffering. Look, we're saddling them with over $31 trillion in debt. We have an economy that is on the brink of a major unemployment crisis as more and more companies are uh, terminating employees under the weight of this adverse economy, the inflationary effects, and also the supply chain shortages. All of this is a result of government abuse of power, extension of itself way beyond. I mean, who can you imagine? having the the opportunity given to you by a credit card company to expend on a credit card uh, an amount that is equivalent to maybe uh, in an individual case, uh, $150 billion. I mean, if you were, can you imagine doing that to yourself? And then asking yourself, um, oh, uh, I guess I have to pay that back. Well, paying the interest on it would destroy you and would Mm -hmm. destroy generations in the future if they were to pay your debts and who and who would contribute if you were to say hey i need some help paying this thing down if anybody looked at that kind of staggering math they go that's not feasible and right. we would all go bankrupt trying to do it and yet uh maybe address but yeah address this controversy there's a poll that just came out and this is kind of shocking because you know with the, the press being uh pr- primarily focused on left and progressivism uh in terms of growth of government and worship of government it says here a majority now prefer a government shutdown to spending more. 
How would you communicate this? Because we know how they play it out. It's like they're going to say, oh, evil Republicans want everybody to starve on Social Security. On and on it goes. The same scenario. You've heard it a million times. How would you address it in a way that maybe hasn't been communicated when we hit this next precipice to say we can't continue this way or we are all going to be, uh, you know, if not born into slavery, uh, we are working ourselves into it, debt slavery. And uh, that's something I don't think it's been communicated very well thus far by the Republican Party at large. Well, government goes on in these shutdowns. It doesn't stop. The shutdown is kind of a false statement. Government continues to operate. They call it, they divide things between essential and non-essential services. And that's a political judgment. I mean, I don't, I certainly don't want social security checks to stop. There are many people out there depending upon those checks to survive. I understand also though, that by 2030 or 2033, uh, the social security system is going to be in dire straits and we're going to have to fix it. Well, why not work to fix it now? Why not build, for example, independent of social security, an opportunity to fortify social security with an expansion of tax-free investment opportunities. So you would expand Roth IRAs by another five or $10,000 uh, a year for each person so that they could invest as more money in Roth IRAs. Well, but ultimately, if we're going to save uh, Social Security from ruin as a result of this ridiculous spending, we've got to exercise fiscal constraint. And if you really care about the people who have been promised Social Security and want to make sure that they continue to get it because they were promised, even though the system is flawed, without question, that's why it's... it's on the brink of bankruptcy in 2030, then you've got to change the dynamic. What does that mean? You have to dramatically cut government spending. Yeah. You have to dramatically increase the private sector's growth. You have to expand the economy. There must be upward mobility and opportunity in our society. And that means you gotta get government out of the way. You gotta stop regulations that prevent entry into markets. You have to stop regulations that make it impossible for medium and small sized businesses to survive in the market. Mm -hmm. You have to open up gas and oil. You have to restore the energy foundation of the American economy. You take it away, the economy collapses. Let's be realistic. Let's understand that if we're going to be able to do things like save Social Security, it's only going to be possible if we pare back government substantially and allow the economy not only to uh, survive, but to flourish and to allow future generations the opportunity to mm -hmm. enjoy all of the benefits that come from a move economy on the march moving upwards. And here's what's, you know, we, we experienced a lot of this in the Trump era when they cut taxes, the opportunities that arose from a reduction in government regulation and taxes were significant. Imagine if you adopted my agenda. Imagine if you adopted the uh, Congressional Responsibility and Accountability Act, where government could not impose a single regulation without Congress passing it. So Congress answerable to the people that under Article One, Section One of the Constitution to be the sole source of law would yes. once again fulfill that constitutional responsibility. And within three years of, of uh, the passage of that act, it would sunset all existing regulations unless Congress passed them. It would force Congress to prioritize and it would invite an opportunity to reconsider 
whether there ought to just be affirmative laws passed that make patently illegal activities illegal, rather than prior restraints, for, which is the way regulations operate, which net, put in the net, innocent people who have not committed any nefarious action along with the bad. And that's just, that's just stupid. That's ruinous to the economy. And it does not comport with our constitutional yeah. right of presumption of innocence in individual cases. So the whole thing is screwed up in regulation. And if we're going to have a constitutional government and we're going to have a, an economy roaring, we have to restore the founding fathers' principles and enact legislation to do that. And that's what I would do. I would cut government spending dramatically. I would cut government regulation. I would eliminate the barriers to getting oil and gas processed and, and put into the marketplace. I would create tax incentives to remedy the destruction that has been done by the Biden administration forcing down our throats electric cars and wind and solar power, which is an absolute disaster, not only to the economy, not only to energy generation, but to the environment. Unreliable, but to the environment. It's the, the very thing they say they're fighting for is, is rubbish. What they're doing is, is subsidizing their friends. Mm -hmm. They're government handouts to their friends and destroying people's jobs. Yeah. There are 100,000 energy jobs in Virginia. And if, if Biden and Kane succeed in putting through the, Kane, the Biden agenda, which Kane has not stood up against, not once, then we're going to see 150,000 jobs disappear in Virginia. By the way, check this book out. Who am I? <laughs> Will the real Tim Kane stand up and be... Uh, accountable by Jonathan Emord. So you'll learn about who this guy is that Jonathan is uh, apparently set to declare officially uh, to run against in Virginia for the United States Senate. In January. Yeah, January uh, 31st. And uh, we're going to be watching it, participating. I don't know if we can cover it live, but my gosh, we're going to be there in some way, shape, or form and a number of other events I want to tell everybody about. The kickoff events, uh, Robert, mm -hmm. and yeah. you'll there on on march the 23rd 24th and 25th all across virginia northern central and southern virginia we're going to have a, essentially a freedom festival at each location and people will have live entertainment they'll hear speakers that are prominent in virginia who defend individual liberty and stand up for the rights of virginians against big government and uh, we will be you know this is going to be a campaign to save our state and to save our nation uh, I, you know why I'm doing this, Robert. Yeah. I can't sit back. And the way I said, said was when it, when it comes to your, you know, your history and your ability. So I've spent the last 38 years of my life fighting the federal government's abuse of power and invasion of individual liberty. And, you know, we've had success, eight, eight defeats of the federal government over that time. But the reality is government is now moving so fast and taking away our rights with such rapidity that you've got to get inside the belly of the beast to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. So I said to myself, look, if I'm 99.9 .9 years old and ready to depart, I don't want to look back at my life and say, I didn't do something I could have done right. when the opportunity was there. So I'm doing it and I'm doing it for this reason to fight for my country and uh, win or lose. I'm, I'm in this fight. Now, I want to win, and I'm going to do everything I possibly can to win, and I think I'm going to win. Mm -hmm. But the 
reason why I do that, believe that, is because I believe that the people of Virginia, like the people of America, see through this ruse, see through this self-dealing nonsense that the Democrats are engaged in of expanding government power, feathering their own nests, and taking away the rights of Virginians and their welfare and their money. And so, you know, when you look at uh, what inflation has cost people, $4,000 a household in Virginia uh, uh, is economic power that has been lost, sapped away through the effective tax of inflation. And that's not to count, that's not taking into account the actual taxes that the Biden administration has insinuated through regulation and law upon people. And the reality is we're going backwards. Our standard of living is dropping. That is never a good situation. We are in a recession. They said that, you know, two, two periods, two quarters of uh, negative economic growth throws us into a recession. Well, that's where we are. We're in a recession. And they won't declare it because they obviously want to, again, deceive the people and maintain this ruse that, oh, well, that's just a little hiccup. Everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Spend, 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 spend. Don't you worry about it. In fact, we're going to spend our way out of inflation. What? Yeah. I mean, the solution to inflation is more inflation. Inflation, yes. Uh, I guess it, that, that goes along with the their school doctrine, which is the solution to racism is more racism. More racism. Yeah, it's astonishing. Yeah. J Jonathan, this article, uh, which was based on the Rasmussen poll, uh, it's really astonishing what, what I'm seeing even among the Democrats. And this is the thing I see you capable and able to do, to communicate to those uh, that have uh, been part of the Democrat Party for a long time, those that think, uh, what we say, critically about what's going on, that are witnessing an abandonment of even the principles that they carry that may be more aligned with what we see in terms of classical liberalism. When we go back to that term and understand its its true origin and meaning, like Jeffersonian uh, concepts. But when they divided by party, this question about the the shutdown, like where they everybody stands on the shutdown, uh, they look at the politicians' unwillingness to reduce government spending. Of course, that's a common theme. 77% of Republicans, as you might imagine, are on board with that concept. But listen to this. 52% of Democrats are now on board with that. This is getting ridiculous. We would rather have a shutdown than to continue this. And 71% of independents. So uh, when you speak out in this way, it isn't so much partisan as it once was considered. It really is going back to the heart of the Constitution. And another thing, when we talk about for those that believe in salvaging Social Security, I believe in, in freedom. I think there should be competing aspects there, too. But think about those that are relying on that for the retirement. The inflation of the money supply by the Federal Reserve System makes it so that every dollar you think you're going to earn or get paid by, a, by Social Security will be less able to purchase the things that keep you alive, food clothing, housing, et cetera. So the very system that you're relying upon is being destroyed by the very proponents of this system. That's the well, weirdest the, thing. The problem uh, is that people have been taxed for Social Security from their payroll throughout their life. So they've been forced to pay for it, pay into it. And in addition, they've been promised Social Security. One thing we cannot do is lie to the American people. We can't do that. And so we have to fulfill that obligation. But at the same time, we need to be smart about it and recognize that we don't want seniors to be left holding the bag in 2033 and later because 
the government is defaulting on social security. So what do you do? You create avenues like I've advocated, which is expansion of the Roth IRA substantially to allow people to put money into savings that is tax-free so they can augment by their own stock investments what they are getting from social security. Because the reality is that the stock market has grown over the period of time uh, that you can take equal measure with uh, the economy has grown at a substantial percentage increase over uh, the amount that is paid by social security. In fact, it's not even close. You get, if you were to take the same person, put their money in social security and then augment it with allowing them to put money into uh, the stock market with an incentive like tax-free uh, depositing and Roth IRAs to a much larger extent, we would have had a significant cushion to protect current seniors. Well, it's not too late. Let's start that. Let's expand the Roth IRA and let's let people have tax-free investments uh, and, and use that as a hedge so that we tell them honestly yeah. that the government is on a trajectory that is going, you know, the it's, Democrats it's, are lying about this, frankly. Yeah. The leaders, they're telling people that Social Security will never end. The reality is that while that may be, if, if we take down spending and put more money into it, the reality is we are not being fiscally responsible and honest with people. And what we need to do is create a protection for those who are promised so that they are not left holding the bag. And that's what I would do. Yeah, <clears throat> this is so important to be, as you said, honest with folks. And and unfortunately, many have played. And, and we acknowledge on both sides of the political aisle, this has been the, the thing that has, you know, using uh, the division to succeed. And I think your message, Jonathan, which I believe is a, you know, a constitutionally correct message, would bring Americans together because it is rooted in that fundamental freedom where we would mostly find alignment. And I've said so when we connect with one another and talk to one another, ask questions of one another, it's like, why do you believe what you believe? Why do you perceive what you believe? We have an opportunity to go past the control mechanisms played out through what we call the Hegelian dialectic. Not really what we are talking about, and this is why I think it's so attractive to humanity. There's never an instance in the history of a world in which people have volitionally become slaves. People become slaves only when they're by hook or by crook, they're defrauded or they are misled. What happens in modern day politics is that a politician stands up and promises people that they will take wealth out of government and pay them. What they don't tell them is that in order to get that money into the government in the first instance, they must either tax people, that is take from Peter to give to Paul, uh, thereby hurting Peter as they give to Paul, or they must print money, which is using inflation to pay for the difference, mm -hmm. to pay for the money. So either way, you're crushing the little guy in order to maintain this massive welfare state. Well, there is a system that operates that's far better than that. And it's one where it's in an individual self-interest to produce something and sell something to somebody else, and it's in their interest to pay for it. And that system of capitalism has proven itself vastly superior, so much so mm -hmm. that even communist China has adopted capitalism under state control. No freedom, but capitalism. But when you have freedom and capitalism, you have the best of the worlds because individual rights are protected, 
because freedom of choice can be exercised for both political liberty and economic liberty. And that degree of freedom is the hallmark characteristic of our country. It is what defines us as great in the world. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that under attack being destroyed by those in power. People like Tim Kaine, they couldn't care less about how much they spend. They would have the government spend every, every, every bit of the wealth of the nation for another 150 years if they could do it today. He advocated the original uh, bills that Biden put forward that were calling for tens of trillions of dollars of expenditure. He advocated and he supported and signed in, you know, uh, voted in favor of every single major spending program without regard to the inflation. He's Jeff. been a full advocate of Mayorkas, mm -hmm. of, of Alejandro Mayorkas and the border policy. He said that he favored a resolution of it years and years ago that would have in, involved a change in the immigration system, but yeah. he's done nothing to to Biden's open border policy. The number of people pouring, he's done absolutely nothing to stand in the way of that. So what you have in him is a person who has betrayed both the people of Virginia and our country by his actions. And that's the reality of it all. I think that's why he's a, an appropriate person to oppose, because if you believe in freedom, you don't believe in Cain. <laughs> Jonathan, as you as you you know get set to declare your official candidacy for the United States Senate in Virginia against uh, Tim Cain, uh, I think strategically, you know, if he tries to fall back on the same old tired tropes, he, he's going to fail miserably. And I'm not trying to give him any ideas, but I do recognize some of these things have been efficient for uh, bringing the Democrats back into their realm uh, to vote because they're afraid of buzzwords like, interestingly enough, capitalism, because capitalism has been corrupted because it's become managed and phony and crony. And so being able to explain the freedom aspect of this that is lost because when capitalism fails, I don't believe it's truly capitalism. It's crony. It's managed. It's, it's a socialism on a corporate scale. Yeah. And the authoritarians, I document this growth of government into uh, the marketplace and crony capitalism and you know, Ron Paul and, and I, well, Ron Paul first, but yes. Ron Paul and I share that view. I mean, I, Ron Paul uh, wrote the foreword to my book, restore the Republic. And he is really uh, the champion of this concept of crony capitalism. He was one of the first to clearly articulate what that was to the American people. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, you have all these big companies that lobby on Capitol Hill so that one regulation or one law or another can be passed to create barriers to entry that they can well afford to overcome because they can afford the legal fees and so forth for compliance with regulations but it serves as a barrier for small companies to get into the market. So they protect their market shares by doing that. Well, it's gotten much worse. I mean, what we have now is collusion between the Biden administration and big and the, and the media to censor private criticism of the vaccine and, and conservative voices. And that has been overt. The, the Twitter files reveal that. So this is, this is, you know, so much worse and this whole thing, begun during the Biden administration with Solyndra. You have these operations working under the title of environmentalism or climate change that are really just government handout plans for the cronies of the administration. Yeah. And what happens from it? You have people who have 
like uh, wind and solar that provide intermittent and unreliable energy, given billions and billions uh, of subsidies and benefits, uh, all to create a false or faux market that is government uh, created in the absence of that protection from government, they'd collapse. And so what does this do? Well, this ruins real energy. This ruins the real energy market that's self-sustaining in the marketplace. And that means that everybody's out because the cost of wind and solar is astronomical. No one could afford that intermittent and unreliable energy, not just because of blackouts, because of the actual cost. And the actual cost is masked by government subsidies from the states and also the federal government. So that, you know, for example, if you had uh, the price per unit of electricity at, let's say, $150 an hour be totally unaffordable for somebody and government will subsidize two thirds of that. So who is doing that? That means your tax dollars are being used to prop up an uneconomic enterprise. And that's what wind and solar is. Well, and it's inflating the money supply and destroying the value of every dollar that you think you're going to get in social security. And I'm speaking now to people that believe that all Republicans want to do is destroy that. Uh, what we want to do, uh, whether you're Republican, independent, Democrat, is to have a sustainable method to care for the people that have relied on a system that uh, we would argue may have been bankrupt from the beginning because it was deceptive in many ways. And there's no even guarantee that you get anything back from it to begin with. That's an unconscionable contract. Do you love your children? Do you want your children to live in a free country? Do you want your children indoctrinated in the public schools? Do you want your little boy or little girl to be told that they may have any gender they want and that genders are not uh, based on birth, but are entirely fungible and changeable based on will? Do you want that falsehood indoctrinated into your children? Do you want your children told that, they, that Christianity is bunk in school? Do you want them to be told that there is no foundation for your faith? Do you want your morals to be rooted out of them in the public schools? Do you want vulgarity and overt sexual displays given your children in public schools? This is what a Marxist CRT agenda in the schools is bringing us. And it is dominant in the schools. Do we want generation after generation of young people to think there's no hope in this country for success and that they need to tear down everything that has made America great and go headlong into a socialist abyss? Is that what we want? Do we want our lives to be fundamentally changed so that we don't get to decide what we're going to drive to go to work, what jobs we are going to have, whether or not we can uh, elect to choose to uh, uh, be vaccinated or not, uh, but turn over that whole power over our own bodies, over our own environments, to the government to decide for us and to be forced to follow the dictates of bureaucrats who have absolutely no idea what your specific health is, what your specific needs are, what your specific interests are. Who's better to decide for you what is in your best interest, a government bureaucrat in Washington or yourself? Who? Yeah. Who is better to decide that? And this is what we're really talking about. Yeah. I mean, and then on the law and order agenda, do you really want prosecutors who refuse to prosecute crime? 
Do you want violent crime to go unprosecuted? Do you want uh, people who are in jail who've committed violent crimes released back into the streets? Do you want to have the whole destruction of society taking place around you because there's a person who's supposed to be arresting them and supposed to be prosecuting them, refusing mm -hmm. both of those things? Oh, and how about the government agenda to enforce public health edicts that violate fundamental bodily autonomy freedoms, you know, that, that are just astonishing to think. And these things go beyond CDC and FDA into uh, United Nations, World Health Organization, World Economic Forum agendas. Do you want globalist institutions, authoritarians from uh, lands you've never been to or don't know about to, to dictate to you what you can and can't do with your body in terms of your health care, your preventive measures? I mean, this is where I see uh, an alignment between left and right politically. Say, no, 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 we are all Americans here, and we're going to determine what we do or get to do for our own health and healing. And I think there's so much that we have in common. If, 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 you, if you really liked the last two years, which is what Biden and Kane have engineered, the last two years, if you really like that, do you really like inflation? Do you really like uh, having gas prices that are so high? Do you really like the destruction of your kids' education by substituting indoctrination for it? Do you really like making the military woke? Do you really like $31 trillion in national debt? Do you really like an open border with criminals coming across, terrorists, drug traffickers, sex traffickers, criminal trespassers, gangs? Do you really feel safe in America? Do you, are your children safe? Do you think your children are safe in school? Are they safe in walking to and from school? Do they have to be driven because you're so paranoid about safety? Are, are, are they, is your, is your community uh, prospering? Are you, are, you, are you doing better in your work than you were financially a year ago, two years ago? What's going on in your life? I think for most people, the answer to those questions is a resounding one that is negative. People are sick and tired of having everything around them pulled out from under them. Mm -hmm. that everything is unsafe. You can't know whether or not the future is going to be a prosperous economic one because it's so dreadful now and every direction that they're taking us in is one that is predictably disastrous. And yet that's where we're going. I mean, do you th think that the United States is a good job in standing up to communist China and all of its advances? You think that espionage by China in the United States is in any way reduced by this administration's activities at all? Do you think that there are no communist Chinese spies coming through the southern border of the United States? Do you think that no terrorist cells are now filled with people who have come through the southern border when we know that at least 100 terrorists have come through? We know more have come through, but we have documented getaways of 100, gotaways of 100 plus what you know do you think that that means that our country in the next several years will not be a powder keg do you think that 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 means that uh, we're going to have law and order restored do you think that when we have soros backed prosecutors who will not incarcerate violent criminals do you think that that means when 75 or 6 of them are in existence in the united states covering 75% of the american population that we are safe how long do you think it's going to be before the suburbs are absolutely inundated with crime? 
How long do you think that the violence and criminality in the cities is not going to be very prominent in the suburbs and then ultimately wherever you are? Jonathan, I am working an article to explain to folks why I endorse you without reservation to become the next United States Senator in the Commonwealth of, from the Commonwealth of Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine less than two years hence at this point. And I want you all to look out for that. That'll be published soon. And uh, I, I want to explain, folks, in my own way, why I perceive the things that you are talking about are so, so very, very important and that they actually bring us together and they don't divide us, unlike those that will try. They will try to, to say, uh, Jonathan E. Mord is trying to divide us. He's not in any way, shape or form, because in freedom, we come together. We can innovate and we can do extraordinary things. And in fact, if you'd like to participate in this, and I have a, a dear friend who's been a supporter of the Robert Scott Bell show for years, Allison, and she, she texted me this morning. She said, I can't, you, you won't believe what just happened. Jonathan E. Moore called me my hero. He's my hero. I love him. And, <laughs> and uh, she was so excited and she's going to join us at the event in Glendale, uh, California, the 18th of February. You know, I'm trying to make my way to be there at that one. Also on the 6th of I love that conversation I have with her, Robert. She's super, yeah. I can't wait to meet her. She She's is cool. amazing. And so, and so, so concerned, care, caring, and really steps out of comfort zones to support that, what she believes in. And we need more of that. Uh, March 6th, of course, the Scottsdale, Arizona event prior to those, uh, we have in February, the seventh, the villages in Florida, special event to save America with Jonathan E. Moore, the ninth of february in palm beach florida special event as well and uh then we got the 18th of february as i mentioned glendale california the 6th of march scottsdale arizona the 15th of april omaha nebraska and more will be added uh emord4va.com will that be the site that will convert over to an official site too because it's been the exploratory yeah. committee site so on the 31st it will flip to the actual senate site and all of the uh funds that have been uh, raised, which have been raised consistent with the election laws. We start the whole thing under the rubric of the election. Laws. Yeah. So all of that will be transferred automatically through the Anadotte system into the campaign uh, funds. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's really a magnificent thing. I'm spending about two to three hours a day now talking to Virginians across the state. Uh, and I'm, I'm doing a lot of traveling as mm -hmm. you see, but I think also Robert, um, these kickoff events are going to be something to remark about. They're going to be phenomenal. You're going to be there too, Robert, and it's going to be a great show. I think a lot of people are going to be excited about that. As we get nearer, we're going to be doing a lot of advertising. Uh, we're going to do a lot of social media outreach, and we're also going to be, uh, using really every opportunity we can to get our message out and to increase name recognition and become a formidable force. So by the time we win the primaries in Virginia, which is the first step, we'll be ready to go to take down Tim Kaine. Tim Kaine is going to have a run for the money and we're going to give it to him and he's going to lose. Yeah. yeah and that means, that means we're all going to win. Jonathan E. Mord as a United States Senator. Uh, can you imagine as I can him on the floor with his great oratorical or oratorical skills in, 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 uh, bringing us back to our constitutional senses and, you know, breaking a divide that has been artificial. As I said, we all have various views, religious, uh, political, economic, but they are brought together in some form of unity, not artificial from above, but from our own desire to do better, to be better in freedom. 
And I think that's something that uh, we have a great alignment that crosses over the so-called divide of politics and party politics, but they would like to keep us. And so they're going to, I know what they're going to do or they're going to attempt to do. They will not succeed when it comes to Jonathan E. Moore with a track record like you have, Jonathan, uh, all the things that uh, you stand for and have been doing. This is a campaign to save the country. It's not going to end with the election. If It's going to begin. But the reality is it's ongoing from now forward. We are working to change people's minds so that they, if they disagree with freedom, they'll come to understand it and understand why. Mm-hmm. If you are, are disagreeing with freedom, the freedom we're talking about, you're actually endorsing slavery for yourself and your family. It, it is not a situation where you can sit idly by anymore. The, the silent majority has to become vocal. They, ha- they have to vote. We have to save our country. This is our last best hope. I mean, we're talking about midterms at work. We've got a slight majority in the House. We need to take the Senate and we need to take the White House in 24. And in order to do to save our country, that's what's going to be required. Yeah. Imagine if we do that. If we succeed well, in this mission, we do that. We're going to pass so much legislation that is going to free the market and people. We're going to have the biggest economic boom in American history. We're going to be so outpacing China in economic wealth. And we're going to be able to finance the greatest defense of our country in the history of the world. We'll build the wall. We'll reinstate uh, remain in Mexico. We'll also have my proposal, which is to have asylum seekers not come to the United States to seek asylum, but to have each American embassy be the processing point for asylum applicants from the country of origin. Well, so that and, we not have this deluge of people at our borders. And I, and I want to mention one more thing as we're wrapping up the Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour of the Robert Scott Bell Show with Jonathan E. Mord. Uh, we want candidates that are not paying lip service to these principles, these ideals, you know, politicking as usual, uh, uh, platitudes and such. Find people that have a track record, that live what they believe. And this is what Jonathan E. Moore has done for many decades going back. And that is something that is quite different. And there are more people, I believe, coming into this phase of wanting to come into government to make corrections, not so that they gain power, but they restore the power that our uh, founders understood was with the people. And also in in the states as a senator representing the Commonwealth of Virginia uh, in the United States, which was kind of lost during the uh, popular election scenario that changed with an amendment. But that idea of understanding the Tenth Amendment, the power of the states and the people when the federal government has gone too far and it's not being counted, held in check at that level. And Jonathan, you stand for all of that and have for many, many, many years and all the years I've known you. And God bless you, my brother. I can't wait. This journey, as you said, is just beginning. Yes, sir, Robert. Great to be with you, my friend. Well, thanks for being here. we got a whole other hour of broadcast healing coming up, and I remind you that the power to heal, even politically, is yours. All right, this hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show, uh, we will uh, crank it up uh, with more broadcast healing, some pretty intense stuff going on, as you might imagine. Uh, We have uh, Nurse Danielle Baker, Danny Baker, who uh, also, uh, I think it was just this morning, uh, devastating uh, testimony uh, to FDA about her injury. 
and the coercion that she, uh, you know, received in order to get to that uh, state. And um, man, it's very powerful. Super Don, I think, put it out there as well, uh, tweeted it. So if you want to share that, we're going to get hear from Danny Baker uh, this hour as well. Uh, we may also have some updates uh, from the federal court in Salt Lake City as they're targeting what I believe to be heroic uh, efforts of a physician and a physician group uh, to protect children from the danger and devastation of these very injections that, you know, we're not, whether it's Pfizer, Moderna, whatever uh, that we're hearing about, um, it's becoming so obvious that not only do they not work, but they're just deliverers of devastating um, injury and or death. And another thing that's breaking today from uh, Project Veritas, another interview, unbeknownst to the interviewee, apparently, uh, revelations that what Pfizer is doing tantamount to ongoing development of gain of function or basically making these so-called viruses or delivery uh, systems more devastating, more dangerous, more deadly, so that they can come in in advance with the so-called vaccines that are not vaccines, likely mRNA. Here's the headline. Uh, Project Veritas has broken Pfizer's gain-of-function research program wide open. Now, this guy, if you read, we've got some clips here, Superdon, right? We're going to play some clips from... Uh, I've got two. I figured, yeah. you know, because I really want to get to our, our guest here, uh, yeah. but we, uh, I, I grabbed like two two short clips, and you can see this full video that they, they put out Mm-hmm. This particular link that's in the show notes goes to Robert Malone's Substack. Yes, uh, because he's actually part of the uh, of the gotcha that they got on this guy on Pfizer. Yeah, his commentary, commentary, yeah. And, and if you look at this guy, he looks more like you remember Todd Bridges from like Get the Facts, <laughs> uh, Different Strokes. Different yeah, strokes, totally. And, yeah. And, and when you think of uh, so-called research scientists at Pfizer <laughs> or wherever. I guess, I mean, you have preconceived notions about there being a white lab coat and, you know, all, all PhD-like, but apparently this guy has got the credentials to do that job, yeah. uh, yet uh, it looks like he was drinking and chatting and and revealing things that... Have you ever noticed that Project Veritas, they, they always bust these guys either over dinner mm-hmm. or coffee yeah, or drinks at a bar? <laughs> yeah. I think it's always the same thing. Their vulnerability is that they entice them with, yeah. uh, I, I think, you know, like I said, cocktails yeah. and have, a little bit of uh, have a, a steak and a glass of wine, and we'll talk about gain of function research and perhaps for some more <laughs> shock activities. I don't know what's going on, how they did it, but yeah. here it is. If this is legit, which I, I have no reason to believe it's not, Project Veritas has done a great job of, of, of vetting these things, so they don't come come out public until they've really gone the backstory and validated it that's that's your understanding as well super non because it's so stunning it's so devastating what's revealed here yep indeed so this first clip here it's about a minute long um okay. so this is this is from project veritas i think it came out was it was it today or yesterday yesterday just recently just recent, very yeah. very recent all right so here it is pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID. Well, that is not what we say to the public. No, don't tell anyone this. You got to publish your own You got to publish your own We're exploring, like, no, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can preemptively develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. be, like, very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something like, you know, it's everywhere. 
something crazy. It's the way that the virus started and moving on. To be honest, like it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. Meet Jordan Tristan Walker, a director of research and development strategic operations and mRNA scientific planning at Pfizer. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know, it's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like this. It's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. So directed evolution is very different. Well, you're not supposed to do gain of function research with the viruses. Like, yeah. They recommend not. But you do like these like selected directional mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm going about that. I don't know how that's going to work. Better not be any more outbreaks. Because like Jesus Christ. Better not be any more outbreaks. Well. <laughs> it's not the first time we've heard about this. In fact, Super Don, you know, I've said this many times. And, and it, you think about some of the fictional Hollywood uh, type films like um, what was the one the Wachowskis did uh, with. Um, gosh, darn it. it. It turned out to be it was v, the V for V for Vendetta. Remember V for. Vendetta? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. One of my favorite movies. And the entire premise was ultimately that. <clears throat> oh, that's right. The pharmaceutical industry unleashed uh, a plague. Right. And then came in with the cure. With the cure, yeah. yeah. And, and so yeah. here we're seeing science fiction live out in, in science fact and reality. Uh, that even though they don't call it gain of function, what do they call it? Directed evolution. By, you know, what do you say? Directed evolution by any other name. Gain of function by any other name is, is still as evil and d disastrous and dastardly. And anybody left, think about all those celebrities that like recently, Michael Phelps and Pink and whoever else is is on board with this, right? I mean, is anybody going to call him out besides our buddy Five Times August, Brad? <laughs> I mean, he's calling him out on Twitter, going, "Dude, really? This is what you stand for? Are you going to speak out now?" Pfizer, and remember, Netanyahu sold his people out in Israel to Pfizer. Any of the demon spawn of IG Farb in Nazi Germany manifesting, you know, as do-gooders, as saviors of the world, and they are in actuality devious uh, bringers of death and 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 destruction and suffering, you know. And we'll hear from the experience of, of uh, uh, Daniel uh, Baker today, as far as that, and we'll even play a clip of hers uh, this morning when she was. Uh, testifying, if you will, or putting your testimony together. Let's see what the second clip is. I mean, it's just so disgusting, but we got to play it. You got to know what we're up against here. The gentleman seems to have absolutely no moral compass at all. For all government officials, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being a regulator, they want to go work for the company, then I got to be as hard for the company. You know, as well. If this is the quality of individuals within Pfizer that are making these huge decisions that uh, risk global public health, it's profoundly corrupt. That's up, uh, Project Veritas. Project Veritas, man. You got to hand it to those guys. They, uh, you know, they, they put themselves really, I mean, out there on the line when they're doing this stuff and when they put this stuff out on the internet. Mm -hmm. uh, and nobody, nobody does it like Project Veritas. And so hats off to those guys. They're constantly. Liberty, what, what do you make at this point of anybody that's still defending and promoting the jabs? How is this possible even? I mean, am I just. Are these people in, living in a, in a pharmaceutical Pfizer bubble? Oh, you know, look, they're really good at 
explaining away this stuff (laughs) and sweeping it under the rug. That's what they do. They've got departments, uh, you know, that handle this kind of stuff. So this guy, you know, they'll spin it in some way or this guy really isn't involved in the things that that are important, you know, that, uh, you know, he isn't directly involved in the decisions that are being made. Uh, He'll probably end up losing his job uh, and they'll just move on, you know? Yeah, but the, the regulatory capture issue, which came up and he even brought up, it's like the fact is when you work for FDA and then you come out and work for Pfizer, you're never going to, you know, vice versa. You're, you're never oh, yeah. And, and yeah, unfortunately, the thing is, is that's common knowledge. Yeah. I mean, shoot, you can just go look at any of these guys that are working for the pharmaceutical companies and look at their Wikipedia page and mm-hmm. see. I mean, they just put it out there. Oh, yeah, I used to be so-and-so that worked with the FDA, and now I've got a job working at you know, Merck, you know, and, it's a, and, and the, the way that Merck will explain it is, well, listen, these guys are experts, right? You know, don't you want experts that are are working in this to make this, you know, better for people? We have to have the people that know what they're doing, right? You know, so, yeah. you know. More strength to the <laughs> movement to get Jonathan E. Mord in the United States. Senate. Exactly. Yeah. He knows this. He sees through it all. He's uh, been battling it within the court system. And to get him in the United States Senate would be a great benefit to the people of this country, much less the people of Virginia, where he'd be serving officially as a, a representative of the Commonwealth there. Uh, but y'all check out emord4va.com and check out all the upcoming events that uh, he'll be at. I'm going to try to get to as many of them as I can. I'd love to see you there. All right. Now, uh, we have a, a profound uh, story to share. Uh, and, and you think about the, the real cost, the human cost of mandatory jabs, coercion, deception, et cetera. Uh, I have, did I send you the, the, the trailer for Utah safe and effective question mark? Yes. Okay. Cause that's another thing we're going to have to play eventually as well. It's a four minute trailer, uh, that's going to be released, I think on February 1st for the first time. And, uh, it, it follows on the heels of an amazing documentary film anecdotals by Jen Sharp, who we've had mm-hmm. on the show a couple of times. And these stories must be told. And this is kind of what uh, Five Times August Brad was talking about, too, trying to help share the stories and call out the people that are denying, you know, their vaccine injury denialist. And and they try to explain away the suffering of real human beings, nurses, doctors, lay people alike. And this morning, apparently, there was testimony given, I think it was via Zoom, to the FDA uh, related to uh, the jabs and the, uh, you know, the experiences people have had with it. Do you want to start and set this up and then we'll bring Danny in live? Yeah. So our, our buddy, Kevin, uh, he messaged me this morning. He says, Hey, listen, can you do me a favor? Can you record Danielle Baker? Uh, she's going to be doing a presentation at this, uh, this, this thing for the FDA, uh, today. And I was like, yeah, Yeah. okay, no problem. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Cause she's going to be on the show. So, yeah. So, uh, he then messaged me. He's like, she's going to be on soon. I'm like, okay. So I listened to it first because I can always grab the you know the video after it's it's happened. But I was just like, let me let me see what happens here. And my she gave her presentation. My jaw dropped, Mm. and I was just like, wow, I this is some. I mean, because I've listened to people's testimonies before and their presentations at these things and the ASIPs and all that stuff and like that, you know, and they're all good and stuff like that. But I was just like. You were really moved. I can't believe. I, I mean, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play it for you. It's it's okay. a, just under five minutes long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is Daniel Baker this morning uh, giving the presentation when the FDA was done doing all their blah 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 blah. 
Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, now now we're going to open it up to, to people for oral testimony. And uh, this this is how it went this morning. We will now begin with the, um, the next eight presenters who will only make their comments orally. I will begin with Daniela Baker. I am Daniela Baker, and I have no conflict of interest. Hear me. The vaccine injured are real. In June of 2021, I reluctantly received the Pfizer injection after being coerced by my former employer. I had a 17-year career as a certified in hospice palliative care registered nurse that I loved and was part of my identity. I had a fall within 12 hours of receiving the second injection. 24 hours later, my symptoms progressed and I sought care at the ER, agonizing and pain in my right injected arm. It radiated into my face, causing me to scream out in pain. I asked if this was a direct result of the injection, but because of the safe and effective narrative, I didn't get the care that I needed. And I was dismissed within 30 minutes without answers. By the end of July, I was hospitalized, unable to readily walk, muscle spasms contorting my body in constant excruciating pain and the humiliation of losing my bowel and bladder function. My immune system attacked my spinal cord and I was diagnosed with transverse myelitis. My physician documented this as a direct result of the shot. My family is unable to plan events because I don't know what I can tolerate each day. Will the spasm be so bad I can't even rest in bed or will I be in such unbearable pain I can't have human touch? Even speaking is hard because of the damage done. I unwillingly traded being a caregiver for medical equipment, receiving care in bed sores. We are in financial ruins because ironically, I took the shot to keep the career that I loved and I no longer have. 
I submitted a VIRS report as well as a med watch on August 4th, 2021. My VIRS report disappeared from the system and I heard nothing from the FDA. Is it because you take your marching orders from Pfizer or Big Pharma? Will you continue to pretend I, we the vaccine injured, don't exist? The only thing more humiliating than losing my bodily function is your complete disregard for the vaccine injured. Shame on every single one of you. My former employer doesn't care. My CDC doesn't care. And it seems my FDA certainly doesn't care. Thank you, Danielle, for sharing your experiences with us. Um, I'm truly sorry um, to hear of all the pain you've had to endure. Um, I, again, appreciate your participation. I can't thank you enough for taking time to share it with us. Um, thank you very much. The next speaker is now from the substack called the coerced nurse.substack.com let's welcome uh daniel baker danny uh, god bless you your tenacity your courage to stand up and and well in your own way to relate something so brutal so horrific yet uh if you can soften the hearts of even one person there at fda it, it's all worthwhile and they should all resign in shame, quite honestly, um, at, at that point. But Danny, thanks for being here on the Robert Scott Bell Show today. Oh, uh, thank you for having uh, uh, me. The message you were able to deliver in about five or six minutes to FDA is certainly just a fraction of what you would probably communicate given unlimited time. Uh, but again, the uh, the energy you have and the ability to do so, you, you can hear in your voice the struggle you have to be able to bring out something that would probably just flow immediately prior to the injuries. And we hear that struggle. And I think that's what moved as well Superdon so much when he heard your testimony, how much he was affected by it, uh, because the visceral feeling and sense of what you are experiencing while you're communicating those words. It's hard to get words out especially when i have to think uh, about it um i collaborated with kevin to narrow down what i wanted to say to something that i could get out in the time allotment that i had um, obviously, I went over that time, um, but I was able to finish it, and uh, it was uh, rehearsed, and I found if I got angry, it helped to get it out better. To focus your energy uh, as you struggle through with the voice uh, as well, and all of the, the, uh, the myriad of symptoms that came on. And just to maybe reiterate, maybe if it, people don't know you and your experience prior to this uh, as a, a, an RN in a, in a, you know, with a great passion for what you had done in that profession, did you have any of these symptoms prior to the, the jabs or the boosters or is this all brought on since that or those injections? Um, I probably had a, a small amount of long COVID, but 
the only thing I was experiencing was fatigue um, and, and some brain fog. Um, nothing neurological like I have now um, until I started the series. Have you found any help within the medical community or holistic community to support you in your efforts? I know we also have linked a Give, Send, Go uh, campaign. It says here, active hospice RN to permanent, permanently Pfizer disabled. <clears throat> the transition is there and, and you know, there's no, <coughs> excuse me, there's no compensation from the government, as you know, uh, with what's happened. Uh, they keep shielded the makers of the, the vaccine, in this case, Pfizer, uh, from any liability, nothing comes back to bounce on them. And we just heard from Project Veritas and what they revealed about their callous disregard for human life as they are continuing gain-of-function studies, although they now call it uh, directed evolution. Uh, just disgusting. Um, so what help have you found in the midst of no no help from government, for instance? Uh, yeah, nothing from them. They didn't even acknowledge. And my VAERS report disappeared. So uh, n nothing from their side. Um, on the day I went to the ER in the end of July, I had had an MRI that showed D myelination in most of my cervical spine, which was ultimately transverse myelitis. Mm -hmm. um, the ER doctor that admitted me came in and sat down with us and he was in there for about 40 minutes and He's the first one that connected the dots. Uh, he said his sister helped develop the mRNA technology, and it was never meant for this. And he apologized to us, and he's the one that started the connecting of the dots for us. Was there anything that he could offer besides an apology, though, at this point? Access There's, to support your recovery or anything? No. I found a, a wonderful community on line of support, um, local support in Ohio from uh, Catherine Hewick and Dr. LeFay. And as my story has grown, the support has um, grown from the injured community. Um, I am a lucky and that my family is the hundred percent supportive of me, and most don't have that. Yeah. Um, but I was also gaslit in a second hospitalization, saying I had no diagnoses and I needed psychiatric care. Um, they were unable to get a hold of my regular care team and 
took it upon themselves to say that. You have heard probably and maybe even seen some of the the, the documentary coverage of uh, these injuries, of which, of course, you are one, uh, where people are accusing you or others that have injuries of faking it or wanting people to die, your horrible anti-vaxxers. I mean, some of the most disgusting things I've ever seen humans do in terms of response with no compassion, nowhere in the universe of compassion. Uh, And, you know, that's why I mentioned Anecdotals, the film by Jennifer Sharp uh, and what she was met with simply because she acknowledged she was injured after the, the vaccine. And suddenly all of her friends, many of them and family members said, you can't talk about this. You can't, you mustn't say this to anybody. And uh, then the documentary I've been a part of called Utah Safe and Effective, uh, basically. And these are apolitical, by the way. We're not partisan in any way saying, hey, we've got we've got to acknowledge what's happened here. Where's the compassion? How can we help? And how can we prevent this from ever happening again? And and do you have any messages to to the folks listening here or others that may listen later about maybe how we can stop this from ever happening again? Stop the hate. It, 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 it has to start there. It, it's not political. It can't be. And it's been so highly politicized that that's the biggest barrier that we have. It, people are so ugly. And I am so ashamed of some of the things that I see people saying. We want our lives back. We don't enjoy this. This isn't something that we come forward to talk about, to be attacked. We just want our voices hurt. We went and got the the shot and a lot of people that are injured willingly went and those are the same people that are being attacked for having a reaction that they have no control over we didn't come together until we had a reason to and I don't understand how that's lost uh, among all of these discussions. We didn't come together and find each other until after we were injured. I'd struggle with what to say to these people if we could say anything to them that have lost their humanity over this and still look at a situation such as yours or the many others that have been injured and with no compassion, uh, make accusations that are groundless and baseless. I mean, this is not something anybody would want for themselves. I would think anybody else, but in many cases, there's a certain segment of humanity that has lost that humanity. And, and you know, as we see even efforts today, certain governors, maybe a president, still promoting the idea of booster shots after all that has come out about the lack of efficacy, the lack of safety, and on and on it goes from all age groups, including young people just dry, dropping dead, dying suddenly. What, uh, you know, and I'm, I know it's hard to answer this because I'm struggling with the answer to this, of, of how, 
how do we stop this madness and how do we move forward, you know, in a better space and place where we aren't so easily divided along political lines when this is a human crisis? I, unless you want to see or open yourself to seeing, you're not going to. I am appalled even with my medical evidence that I clearly have an issue. People still say that I have mentioned Howard's or I am attacked myself. It doesn't matter. Um, and people that claim to be so progressive and want humanity and unification are the same people that attack us and tear us down and apart. And I don't know that there's anything that will help them. And I hate saying that, but we'll continue to hold each other up mm -hmm tell our stories and lay and lean into our truth because that's what we have. We still have our integrity because we know where our truth is. Yeah. It's as if we must deprogram these people from a cult. I don't know another way to say it. When you look at, their desire to make sure everybody still gets these jabs and boosts and on and on. It's like, there is no critical thinking skills that I can find evidence of here. It's a, it's a blind devotion to a cult and, and, and it's, and it's a death and dismemberment and injury cult. And then they blame the victims of this thing. And is it 10% compliance rate with the boosters now? Uh, People are still pushing safe and effective, yet most of everybody is not getting boosters. Why is that? I think that's point one to start. If it's so safe and you push it, why are you not updated on your boosters? Sure. Yeah. It's a valid question to push back, but, uh, I'm trying to, and as are you soften the hardened hearts, if it's at all possible, can we reach anybody? I don't know. Um, you know, Jen Sharp's movie anecdotals, maybe opening hearts and minds, uh, the documentary and super Don, you can put out that link to the four minute trailer to Utah safe and effective. Again, it's an apolitical documentary. It's not designed to be right or left. It's about the human tragedy of what we're witnessing as well as um, the documentary that I participated in is also focused on some, some options, some solutions, and not all of them are. And that's, you know, it's fine. Every one of them has its kind of, this is what it's trying to do. We wanted to go a little further and provide some options as well. And, and also point out where um, they got the science wrong with their own science, so to speak, if we can reach them through the, the communication heart to heart of these people like yourself that have been truly injured in, in horrible, horrific ways. Uh, so, um, 
I'm, again, I'm so grateful that you're willing to step up with the energy that you're struggling to, you know, get that voice out. I think the impact is is significant here as it moved Super Don to such a degree that, you know, we, we've got that video, audio video of your testimony. And I would urge everybody, if you haven't already, share it, whether you can tweet it out, various social media, uh, send it to those who have hardened hearts. If you can soften them with this, it may impact, maybe bring them back to the human family. And then we can start or continue a deprogramming process for those who have just blindly uh, put faith in Pfizer, you know, for instance, uh, an organization that uh, just profoundly violates even the limited laws that would, would try to stop them from doing the things they're doing, like gain of function, as they call it, directed evolution. Um, your Substack, um, I don't even know how you have the, the time and energy to, to, to write for this thing. My gosh, it, it takes a, a long time. And Kevin Tuttle, he is the best man, he helps me whittle it down. Um, but it's important to me um, to get the human side of what's going on out to uh, people yeah. in a hope that it opens eyes and you don't have to believe us to be kind yeah please please find some humanity in this and even if you disagree or disbelieve have some compassion for people that are truly suffering here. And and many of them, like yourself, did it well. As you described, you were a bit coerced because you ah. love your job. And it wasn't something – there were a number of people that I featured and interviewed in, in the documentary uh, uh, that willingly said, I volunteer because I – I want to help. I want to do it for everybody. And and yet they found out how deceived they were and how how left to, you know, out to dry, so to speak, they are, even after sacrificing themselves in this way. You can go to thecoercednurse.substack.com to read all that Danny is writing. And uh, God bless you, Kevin Tuttle, for helping her out. You're amazing. <laughs> also, yeah. also the Give, Send, Go, we have a link to that campaign, Active Hospice RN to Permanently Pfizer Disabled, that transition. Uh, and that's also linked up in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com if you would like to support uh, Danny and get her the help she needs to recover in whatever way she can. And anything I can do to help, you know, Kevin knows how to reach me as well. Uh, there are certain things that could help that it might be simple, you know, to go, you know, I know it's a complex situation. Uh, Danny, I don't want to hold you on all hours, so I want to ask you, is there anything else you want to leave, you know, with the audience uh, to take away from your experience or what, what we're relating today? Open your mind and open your eyes. Be human. Don't attack people. There has been so many signals triggered, at least investigated. You don't have to believe it to no, something isn't um, right. Um, you were talking uh, about the Project Veritas video earlier, and I was in a space um, last night. I can't sleep a lot of the time um, because I'm in pain or whatever 
reason. And um, they had said um, uh, part of Project Veritas that they will happily look into a third party to review the footage to verify that they didn't edit for content. So it is indeed true, and you're not going to offer that if you edit it to say what your narrative is. It's just only if people will willingly listen. Yeah. Uh, well, God bless you, Daniel Baker, and we are listening. And I know this audience is listening and sharing and probably contributing to help you as well as many others that are suffering in this way. So again, thank you for coming on board today. Thank you for the testimony you gave to the FDA. May it open and soften the hearts of those that have hardened hearts for a long time now and or encourage them to leave if they cannot make the change. And many of them are so stru uh, struggling in there, maybe afraid to, to step out. But I would ask them to see it from a bigger perspective, you know, in terms of a, a right and wrong, of course, in terms of, you know, your spiritual uh, salvation as well. And, and what are you looking for after this life if you're participating in this and, and afraid to, 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 to speak out against it? How will you answer after this life is done? Uh, Danny, thank you for helping us all uh, to see the real face of what's happening. And thank you so much for being a, a voice and a platform and a supporter and most of all, a believer. Thank you, Danny. Daniel Baker, again, please check out her Substack, The Coerced Nurse substack.com and or give send go campaign if you want to support her uh we'll certainly uh, have that up in the notes and and share that with everybody that you can uh super don how you holding up my brother i know this affected you a lot uh well morning. dude i mean come on if you if you listen to that and and you don't get emotional uh there's something wrong with you you're that's, you're 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 hollow you're empty yeah, <laughs> you know that's what i wonder about how yeah. does anybody you know at fda for instance only, only the 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 hardest, soulless yeah. uh, people that that uh, are are were, that were listening to that uh, were the ones that would come back. And go, oh well, yeah, yeah. Just, that doesn't mean yeah. anything. It's it definitely was not the vaccine. Okay, just want to start off by saying that that that, that definitely had nothing to do with the vaccine. You know what? Believe whether it did or it didn't. If you if you attack somebody, uh. That is telling their story about what it is they're going through. You suck. You, you need to be put, you need to be punched in the throat. Yesterday with the Morning Joe crew, you know, and then yeah, same thing. What we just saw. Just these that, people have just descended below <laughs> any semblance of something that we would call human. Yeah, no, the smarmy just <laughs> you know thing going on. It's just they have to be on major medication just to get through their day and night. Listen, yeah. Supernon, can you do me a favor and try to reach out to Julia and Enoch from Defending Utah by phone? Because we haven't heard sure. from them, and maybe we can get an update. I'll go ahead and, and, and jump into this uh, story from KHN about the Latino teens being deputized. You don't mind? A, no, yeah, not, I do not up. mind. You don't mind. Do not okay. mind at all. And thank you all for being in the audience and sharing the show. I know, uh, you know many of you tune in after the High Wire on Thursdays or catch it later but or on the podcast. God bless you all for being here robertscottbell.com slash listen. Um, there's a story here about uh, deputizing Latino teens 
16-year-old, 17-year-old teens to influence their fellow Latinos. And, you know, again, I find this very disgusting in terms of their abuse and, and use of uh, innocent children, basically, to propagandize on behalf of the evil that is Pfizer and Moderna and BioNTech and all of that. And they're, they're concerned because, let me see here, according to a 2021 survey commissioned by Voto Latino and conducted by Change Research, 51% of unvaccinated Latinos said they didn't trust the safety of the vaccines. And those are very wise Latinos. The number jumped to 67% for those whose primary language at home is Spanish. So those that don't speak much English are actually smarter, interestingly enough, in this particular case, I would say, than those who are bilingual. The most common reasons for declining the shot, according to this uh, survey, included not trusting that the vaccine will be effective and not trusting the vaccine manufacturers. Both very wise, uh, I won't even say assumptions at this point. I mean, we've got enough evidence to show that. And then they go into the issue of vaccine hesitancy. They say it's not prevalent only among the unvaccinated. They say nearly 88% of Hispanics and Latinos have received at least one dose of the COVID jab. Few reports staying up to date on their shots, according to CDC. The estimate is that, according to CDC, fewer than 13% of Hispanic and Latinos have received a bivalent booster. Again, this is a great sign. But yet, there are people that are trying to take advantage of young Latinos to deputize them, make them feel important in the community, to go and convince their, their community members that they really need to trust the government and trust Pfizer and get the shot, get the jab, despite all of the evidence showing lack of efficacy, lack of safety, and that's an understatement. I don't know if any of you are as disgusted by this as I am, and if you are or have any influence in the Latina or Hispanic community, if you can share these stories of injury and uh, maybe prevent another injury and another death by uh, breaking their cycle of propaganda dangerous propaganda. Uh, I want to say thank you as well to my friends at Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org. Remember, Trinity is a great place to learn about body, mind, and spirit. Every month, the coursework starts up again on the various different things you can do. There are even lectures on demand, trinityschool.org. And you can also go to trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com and sign up for the Health Freedom Expo virtual version, the 18th and 19th of February, a full two days of events, and you'll have three months to watch everything. Even if you attended it in person, you couldn't have seen everything. And there'll even be more presentations that we didn't get in October of last year. So please, uh, if you haven't already, get your tickets for that. Also, uh, in February 22nd through 25th, we have the Next Steps Conference, next-steps.info, RSB 10 to get 10% off. Uh, there's so many great people that are joining us there. And in the upcoming events tab, you'll see a lot of uh, what I want you to plug into. If you can attend it, you will be richly rewarded for doing so, setting up the Parallel Society on, on different tracks, including many of you that are wanting to start up uh, blogs and and uh, uh, podcasts. Polly Tommy and uh, Stephanie Lucretio and Tia Severino, they're all going to be there helping out in that way. So many good things that are occurring. Uh, now I want to go to an update uh, from... Uh, out, it looks like outside uh, near Salt Lake City or in Salt Lake City, they had a, a, a protest meeting defending Utah had set this up. And we had talked about Kirk Moore, Dr. Moore and his team and what they have done. They're what they're being accused of by the federal government. And if you can check out Real Utah Heroes, Real Utah Heroes, uh, and that's dot com, you can find out how you can support the efforts to declare amnesty 
for these real heroes in real time. Let's see if we can bring uh, Julia uh, from Defending Utah uh, onto the uh, screen here. Julia, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Hey, how's it Good. Excellent. I don't know if you can go horizontal with that, but I can see you. It looks like it's a bit chilly out there. It's very cold. Our, uh, the supporters who came are braving the cold and it's wonderful. Yeah, what can you tell me, Andy? Did we learn anything more about the uh, federal case or the support in the community uh, for what we perceive to be physician heroes that, uh, at the behest of the parents, allegedly had given uh, saline instead of the actual COVID injections? And and I look at that in real time as this, this, these doctors that do, if they did this, they indeed saved lives instead of t- harmed or taken lives. Right, yeah. So, so we've had about 40 supporters show up. Um, with signs and flags. We had speakers and a microphone set up here on the corner, so people shared their experiences, whether they worked in the medical field. So that was really, really great. Uh, we were all here gathered as the to the courthouse, um, so we cheered for them really loud, told them that, that we supported them and loved them. And actually, they, they should be coming out pretty soon, I heard. Um, I didn't go into the... Uh, it was a pretty small room i guess there are about 40 people there packed in then they went um and it, it was basically just going over the information and uh, nothing really new um we'll see i guess what they have like, like a court date set or something um but i know that kirk Moore, uh, has he hired some representation i don't know know if any of the other defendants yet uh all four of them have to have separate representation and i think some of them are still working on getting that julia did anybody uh videotape some of the uh, presentations that were given outside there in protest or in support of uh kirk moore and the the team yes yeah i took lots of pictures and video here i know that there's one lady who uh she'll be posting on the Instagram stand underscore four underscore more. Um, so they have an it. I think they'll be sharing some photos and videos they took. But yeah, I took a lot and we'll be sharing page and social media pages. Uh, hopefully today, maybe tomorrow. Okay. Well, Julie, I appreciate the brief update. And I uh, you know, do, do want to follow up. And if there are any videos, we could even play on the air at another day. Uh, of what's happening. I'd be happy to do that. But if everybody can check out realutahheroes.com and you can, even if you're not in Utah, you can support. There are ways to support, uh, you know, an actual acknowledgement of what they have done. If if, if the allegations are true, uh, that they have actually done heroic acts in saving lives, not taking them by emergency use authorization injections and, uh, replacing with uh, the saline at the behest of the request of the parents, realutahheroes.com. And Julia, thank you, uh, and Enoch, for all that you're doing. Uh, There it is, realutahheroes.com. I can see visually. But thank you for all you're doing with Defending Utah. And uh, we have that linked up, defendingutah.org. You can learn more as well there. Anything else that you want to relate before we let you go? Anything? uh, I I don't think so. I think we had really great turnout lockers and for each individual. so yeah, we're we're waiting for them to come out and see. Yeah, well, Julia, Enoch, you guys are awesome. Love you, appreciate you so much, and 
we'll stay in touch on this is a developing story i know we're at the early stages of it but i love what you're doing in terms of bringing the heroic actions out for the, the world to see what it really is not what the feds are trying to paint it as yes thank you so much thank you for covering it as well all right, that's Julia Ninak from Defending Utah. Y'all check it out, defendingutah.org, and or you can go right to uh, realutahheroes.com. I believe that's what I saw there. I'm just going to see if I'm saying it right. Yes, realutahheroes.com. Uh, Please, there's a, there's a lot of folks that are being wrongfully uh, persecuted, prosecuted, and injured and even killed, as we've seen. I just read another uh, football player. I, I don't know if recently retired, but he was like 25 years of age, an NFL player that also suddenly died. I don't have that link as well, but uh, this stuff is just, at what point do you go, no more? This, this You can't hide from this. You can't pretend this is is, is not happening. And uh, I'm sure there are many other stories of heroic people, physicians, nurses, et cetera. Uh, they may bear the brunt of persecution and prosecution from the government based on uh, the lies and deceptions that they're promoting. Uh, here it is, ex-Detroit Lions linebacker Jesse Lemonier or Lemonier. Uh, dies at the age of 25. Again, 25 years old, professional athlete, dies suddenly. Oh, that's normal. Yes, that has nothing to do. It's ABV, right? It's anything but vaccines, as you know, which are not even vaccines, mRNA injections. And we find out today with the uh, the reports coming out of Project Veritas that it's as bad as you think it is within the confines of the bowels of Pfizer and these other demon spawn of IG Farben that they're continuing to do gain-of-function research under a different name. Directed evolution, they're calling it. How is anybody still supportive of government, media, medical, slash pharmaceutical complexes engaged in deception leading to death and disability, as we heard from uh, Danny Baker today, uh, the nurse that has been severely compromised and injured, uh, you know, and, and we witnessed her testimony as well. It's astonishing. And this, again, is why I appeal to you, if you haven't considered supporting Jonathan Emord for the United States Senate, go to emord4va.com because he's a man that lives what he believes, freedom, foundational principles. The government is not the arbiter of your rights. In fact, all it can do is take your rights away from you. It can't grant you any. Our rights come from a far higher place, and that is what we want to support. Your freedom, your bodily autonomy, that shouldn't be a partisan political issue, but unfortunately it has become that. And uh, having someone like Jonathan Emore in the United States Senate to speak on these issues would be of great benefit to us all, I believe, tremendously so. Super Don, anything else to wrap up? We've got so many comments, I believe, today in the chat room that we might have to get take some time in the bonus round to, to, to cover everything. Yeah, we can do that. And also we'll uh, we'll go ahead and play the uh, trailer for the, uh, the uh, Defending Utah Oh, uh, safe and effective. effective? Seven, yeah. We can do that in the bonus round, you think? Sure, why not? If you want to. Okay. Also, say, say thank you, everybody, to Nutritional Frontiers, all their amazing products, nutritionalfrontiers.com uh, and cbdnf.com, RSB15, get 15% discount on all of their great stuff. Gravekicker.com, that's RSB15 as well. Yep, and Folium PX, man. We've got great support from great companies putting out great products. And services, we'd love for you to avail yourselves of, if you haven't already, share the good news. And uh, we'll be back in just a moment with more powerful healing in the bonus round of the Robert Scott Bell Show, where I remind you that the power to heal is yours.
man, it was an intense show today. Having that, it's not like we don't know and we're not covering, but man, sometimes. I, dude, I could tell you this morning, you know, because Kevin was just like, hey, can you record this, you know? And I was like, oh, cool. You know, and I've, like I said, I've listened to, you know, these presentations before. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. Hey, wait, you trying to crowd me out here? I like hold on. Mine. Look at that. That's pretty cool. No, hold on. Hold on. You clicked the wrong one. I did? Oh, there. look at you. What's wrong with you? I did not know that one was existing. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, Super Don <sighs> did some really impressive banner work. As well. Yeah, I'm still working on these here because they need to be, they need. They have to work with the different shots and stuff that we have. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't work on a three shot. Yeah. You know, it works okay on a two shot. Yeah. Almost okay. Dude, I don't know if you've noticed. But your the camera the way you have the camera set up now, mm-hmm. you're like way closer than you used to be. Well, yeah, I remember we were talking about the um, the fuzziness of the image you were complaining about. Yeah. So I went in and set the thing up for full HD, and apparently when you do that, it takes that distance shot and takes it and makes yeah. it. Yeah. So, so now yeah. now it now it's it's kind of almost kind of crowding that space under your chin a little bit. Like it almost needs to be a little bit smaller or needs to be lower, because the one that when I created, I was using the old shot. Yeah. Um. You know, as a template. I so think, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Quite honestly. You think that's okay? Yeah. yeah I think okay. Good. All right. So anyway, I'm trying to trying to, yeah, upgrade a few things. So. Yeah. I think it looks cool, right? Yeah. Totally, dude. It really looks cool. Yeah. Brought, brought to you by for- Cardio Miracle. So I got an invitation. And I'm just debating whether to do this because it's just like, man, there's a lot of things going on. And I love to be out and about and communicate and teach and and be with people. Uh, Let me see if I can find this thing. Biomed Expo. Let's see. It's in my email. But it would be an event in Los Angeles coming up, I think, later in March. Um, If I can find it again. Good Lord. Trying to find these things in the midst of all the email that comes in. It's just ridiculous. there it is. I'm sorry. Here it is. So it, it's it's something called Biomed Expo, and then the Los Angeles one would be happening March 24th, 25th, and 26th. So it would be like, if I'm not mistaken, right before going to uh, the uh, event in um, Clearwater with Nutritional Frontiers, but it, it's right at the Sinesta, apparently, right at LAX. Um, so, like I said, I, I'm just... I'm drawn to do it because I want to be out there and, and meet folks and, and teach them the things we can teach them and and do broadcasts, but oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Anyway, if anybody's in LA and wants to wants to see me there, then tell me, then I may may commit to it. May commit to it. <laughs> so you're you're needing some convincing. I am. I am. I, I mean, again, it's a nice offer for them to, to say, hey, we want to bring you in and, and do that. Now, of course, we'd promote it and everything, but do we have enough people in LA? I think we do. We got a lot of fans and friends in LA. So maybe that's yeah. what we can do, including Michael Bolden, who's supposed to be on tomorrow. That's right. And and actually, the the hour two guests that we were going to have on ended up having to reschedule, which means we have a full hour if we want it with with Michael Bolden. Well, we should do. He, should he want it? I mean, who knows well, what he's feeling? He said that that was the original agreement. So in in theory, I think he likes us, so he might be hanging out. You think so? A bit. Maybe yeah. just a little bit. All right. So we should have Michael Bullen on tomorrow then. Yay. That'll be great. Great way to end the week. It'll be fun. Who knows what we'll talk about. Yeah. So let's, let's take a look at what's going on in the chat room uh, as far as comments, if you don't mind. 
Uh, I know there's been a lot yep. of activity today. It's been a pretty intense show between uh, Emort again. And wasn't that cool? Emort has sort of semi-officially said what's going to happen on the 31st. Kind of broke yeah. the news here that he's, he sort of announced it without announcing it, right. That the exploratory yeah. committee is going to be the actual committee to elect Jonathan Emord to the United States Senate on the 31st. And you heard it here, go to emord 4 vacom That's going to convert over on the 31st. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what do we got? A lot of gratitude. I'm just so grateful for all y'all. Thank you. What is, uh, let's see. There was something about comments. Steve had written this earlier today let's see whether comments during the live stream will stick did you see this one yesterday i did I know, what, what yep. is this about comments i don't know i didn't look at i didn't look into okay. it but he was saying that uh that um comments had had disappeared mm -hmm. one possible explanation i noticed that this happened today okay that what happens when we stream out to uh the various platforms that we're on mm -hmm. one of them is facebook and what happens and it, what happened today anyway robert mm -hmm was that Restream, which is a service that we use, was broadcasting to the Robert Scott Bell Show Facebook page. Yes. Uh, then um, you shared the broadcast as well on the Robert Scott Bell Show page. So it was running actually on two different posts simultaneously. Really? So I deleted one. Okay. So I'm, I'm wondering if that's what happened yesterday and perhaps mm. when he went to go look at the... One of the lines that got dropped out maybe. Okay. It was maybe a different it's video. Possible. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. So Steve yeah. then has another comment. Uh, the cult like blind devotion to accepting and promoting and prove the proven COVID bioweapon injections makes the 1978 mass murder suicide of nearly a thousand people, including about 300 under age of 17 at the Jonestown people's temple led by cult leader, Jim Jones look like small potatoes. Yeah. I mean, those are, you know, significant one-off events where, where people die all at once in one place and they make the headlines. You know, we've talked about, over the years, the fact that, you know, 106,000 to 784,000 Americans die every year uh, due to modern medicine and all of its trappings. And yet it doesn't happen all at once. It happens in hospitals. And so it's a little bit here, a little bit there. So there isn't a big news story as if it were the equivalent of a jumbo jet crashing once a month and all the people, you know, 500 people dying, you know, it's, and that's even understating it. Uh, so the, I think the, analogy is apt it's much worse in fact uh but because it doesn't happen all at once it's not sensationalized by the media in fact they're trying to downplay all of this and trying to dis distance cause and effect by claiming it's just a coincidence it has nothing to do or it's abv anything but uh the vaccines which you all know better let's see what else we got here um Gretel, I agree. Super D, evil, unconscionable people. Throat punch. Did you th did you throw a throat punch in there? <laughs> I said anybody that would that would attack somebody like Danielle uh, over what it is that she's saying stuff like that and need to get punched in the throat is what I said. Gotcha. Rhetorically speaking, yeah, not literally. I'm not trying to incite violence. Yes, we saw. If you, you can't if you don't know that, then you're just a moron. My wife but. and I saw a, a movie. I don't know if it was on Netflix or something like the other night. And it was just a, it was really a silly comedy, but it had me laughing out loud. And this is not for kids. It was like a guy who gets a new phone and it's like a Siri, but a, you know, a, a fictional version of it. Mm. And, and this thing has artificial intelligence. So it becomes like almost a HAL 9,000, but trying to help this person have a better life and all that ensues, all the absurdity and sanity and danger and everything that ensues in his life. 
And, you know, it's trying to find humor in something that I think is very serious when we talk about AI. And I know how enamored you are with the, the chat GPT or whatever it is. I, I, you know, I still, yes, I'm, I, I toe tap with it. I recognize it's doing some interesting things, but I still can't shake a little bit of a nagging feeling that AI could be more harm than, than good overall. Think that. about it this way. Yeah. I, this may not be a, a, a convincing argument, but, mm -hmm. you know, maybe I'm just rationalizing, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but if they've put this out for general consumption yeah. of the public, yeah. then you know they've had this for who knows how long. True. They always do before they allow this out. So it's not like, oh, my goodness, it just started, and, oh, man, what could they do with it? It's it's There's no way yeah that you are ever going to be able to stop this technology from moving forward it's it's just not going to happen as mad as much as you would like it to be uh you know stopped it's not going to it's just it's just not going to happen okay this is just how we are it, it could very well end up being something that destroys humanity it could be just like everything else that yeah. that that we've invented that seems to be doing just that right mm -hmm. you know from from an environmental toxic perspective i mean you know we're, we're killing ourselves right so uh i i understand i understand what you're saying yeah um, well, look the ai that you write has already been in existence for a long time is yep. really what's driving the hegelian dialectic and making it manifest for a lot of people because you know what we talked about the um they know us better than we know ourselves in terms of our interaction with social media for instance Mm -hmm. news feeds, things that pop up, and it completely directs one sense of reality to one group, another sense for another. And then we look at each other and going, what planet are you on? How did you not see what I just saw? You know, this is kind of some of the revelations we got in the human interaction we had, I had with Jennifer Sharp, you know, initially at the National Health Freedom Congress and, you know, discussing how uh, our, our biases are played to, our experiences are played to and made, you know, maybe even uh, more extreme, even if they weren't extreme to begin with, because they're just experiences, but they, they lend themselves to be manipulated into a fear and a hatred of another view or the other side, so to speak. And so I think artificial intelligence is, is really feeding that division tremendously. So it, it's doing be. It very well. Yeah. Uh, and those of us coming together are, I think, breaking that stranglehold. I don't want to be cocky about it because we're all vulnerable. Uh, well, if they fly our emotions, listen, it's, it's one of those, uh, you know, I mean, who knows? Who knows? All we can do is speculate, right? We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think I'd be willing to bet I'd that, you know, about what is happening. A hundred years ago, there were probably technological advances that were taking place, and there were probably people that were going, that's going to be the end of us, boy, I tell you. You know, they're doing those, you know, automobiles, you know, or whatever, whatever it was, right? You know, so uh, I don't human control is I, I think it's different no i get you know i'm just look i'm just trying to come up with an analogy but i don't think i'm too far off the mark that you know yeah. it's just technology change uh is something that is scary because it's all unknown right yeah so who knows who knows this this ai thing there's a lot of good things that could be done with it mm -hmm. but there are some bad things in theory that could be done with it too yeah. uh what man ends up choosing to do with that we really have no control over the, the really, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you can look at it, you can get overwhelmed, I think, by the, sure. the, the big picture, which you have literally no control over. So what do you have control over? 
you have control of, of the picture that's around you, right? So how do you minimize the impact of these things on your own life? Yeah. That's about the only control you've got. You, you know what? You sound like me when the other day when I got yelled at by my wife. Well, she didn't yell at me, but <laughs> it's her talking to, you know, yeah. when interrupting our guests, talking about oh, the person and all of that. But that, that what you related is my concern about, I don't want people to think it's so big they have no part to play in it and they just give up. Right. I never want that to be the case. Yeah. But I am encouraged because I owe my wife at least, and maybe some of you that are really enthralled with a topic, wow. to revisit it. But I think, Super Don, we agreed. We're going to do a separate kind of broadcast where I'm just going to let it let it loose. Yeah, we just got to figure out how to do that. We just yeah. got to figure out how to make that happen. And so uh, first step is is we're going to figure out a way, and I'm still working on this, on Maybe getting somebody to take problem. over. Take step. over some of the uh, some of the grunt work that I'm I'm doing right now that's getting in the way of of doing these things, and B, um, we just need to think of the logistics of it. Yeah. So maybe I, what I'll do is I'll go ask the AI. I'm going to go ask Chat GPT if it has any good ideas on how we could do that. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you know I'm half tempted. I mean I, I got to write this article and I'm happy to do it, but I just got to sit down long enough this morning before going on the air. I was having some real crazy computer problems. I was like, all the, I think if I had a window to do something and then I had to do troubleshooting, it's fascinating how mm. sometimes that happens. You think, okay, oh I got a window to do this and boom, then you, that window is taken away. I don't know why, but here we go. Uh, let's see. Cult like devotion. To, oh yeah. We read that one. Let me see other, other questions or comments that are coming in. Uh, Gretel Steven, another good reason to drop allopathic medical insurance. My friend did medical coding. I'm texting her this. I'll let everybody know of her response. Was that, uh, I don't know what she's texting in that regard. Let's see. Other comments. Gretel is very grateful, as you can see, to her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, thanking him for bringing this show and all of its followers and the knowledge that is shared here, doing God's good work. Love you all. Gretel, that's very kind of oh, you. Thank you. Or we we so appreciate you as well, uh, and 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 that, that and you'll give us leeway if the shows don't meet your expectations, like the one the other day did. You know, meet. it's cool to, to to see comments like that because I don't know about you. I have a feeling we probably have the same experience. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe not. I get, let me just tell you my experience. Okay, yeah, doing this show, every, you know, six days a week, and you know, putting together and getting the shows and putting up the the stories and the guests and all that stuff like that. It's like I. It's not like I sit here and go, "How shall I bless the masses today with our brilliant message?" Uh, no, it's just like you know, you just do it. You yeah. know, you don't really think about it. It's just it's yeah. a thing You're that in the we do. Doing it, yeah. You know, whatever. And and more often than not, you know, these shows once they they come together and they happen and, and it's over, mm. you just you, you just kind of sit there and you go, "How did that happen?" Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It was an amazing show and amazing things were said and done and things happened. Yeah. And it's just, honestly, it's, it's about 10% planned mm -hmm. and about 90% organic, really what yeah. happens on this show. We have no idea how really, how things are going to go. It's not scripted. We just yeah. kind of put a loose outline and we just kind of just go and whatever mm -hmm. happens, happens. Yeah. Uh, Steve says leverage AI for good purposes. Chat GPT excels at writing code. So it maybe does. have it create apps that help promote the show. And you know what it's good at? Some of the manual tasks currently required. Yeah, wow. no, it's it's great for code. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a lot of fun because the, the way that they've 
they've programmed it. It's a language model, and it 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 forms its responses in like a conversational format. So you can kind of go back and forth with it, and you can ask it questions, and mm-hmm. and you know about pretty much anything, yeah. and it'll come back and forth. You can have try and have like logical debates mm-hmm. with it back yeah. and forth on things, which I do. I, I just I really have a lot of fun with that. But yeah. you can also do fun stuff. You know, you should check it out. You know, think of the like the most crazy, bizarre thing that you, you can come up with in your head, a thing, you know, or okay, go to chat GPT and say, please write a poem about whatever. It doesn't even matter. And it will do it. And it's just kind of fun for entertainment. The other thing it could do is, you know, if you want to, uh, I, well, I'll tell you, the other day uh, when I was thinking a lot about the, the classified documents that are being yeah, left everywhere. Right. Yes, I asked it to, to write up a comedy bit okay. <clears throat> about uh, someone constantly losing their classified documents and a new product that would help people uh, keep track of their classified documents. And I came up with the idea of it, it would be a new thing, like on an infomercial. Mm-hmm. And it's it's new classifying me. It would be the name <laughs> of the product product and it would be like this thing that you would attach to like your documents you, you came up with the class i came up with the classifying me product okay. name yes but all i did was say please put put together uh, and i asked it to do in the style of bob and tom a couple of comedian guys that have this funny show mm-hmm. on the radio that you said you weren't familiar with and you'd never heard of some of you out there you might know who bob and tom is I'm sheltered, uh, man. I'm sheltered. years years decades they were on the radio i and, remember uh, bob and ray but that goes back the early radio. No, so. Bob and Tom are great. They they were the ones that had uh, Mr. Obvious was one of the bits they did that a lot of people are familiar with. So anyway, yeah. it wrote a comedy bit and it was actually pretty funny. You know, about and it did it kind of like a commercial, you know, like a parody commercial type thing and stuff. So, you are know, you it? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I don't know if I have time for that, but eventually I'd love to do stuff like that. You know, we we sort of kind of did that a little bit back in the day, you and I. Yeah, I agree. I I do enjoy it, but the unscripted comedic elements of the show are lovely, and people like Ula laugh a lot. Yeah. As does my wife when she's not giving me stern looks. You remember that bit that we did? I don't even. Th- I think it got lost when we got uh, dinged on uh, dinged on on YouTube. But it was no. the one where it was a machine mm-hmm. that would diagnose your illnesses. I can't remember what oh, we called yeah. it. it. It was it was Watson. It was like the watch. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, it was complete with sound effects and all oh, that kind great. of stuff. And, oh, and, man. I and, could find that again. I, yeah, I'll, I don't know if I can find that again, but it was pretty funny. Dude. All right. But so anyway. all of the interviews I did this past weekend in Nashville are up for our patron supporters. Um, the, the Peter McCullough interview is not going to air for the public until Sunday. Our radio broadcast time's uh, 1 o'clock Eastern. Uh, yep. So if you want to get plugged into all of that, and there's so many good interviews that, that are going to be revealed over the next two weeks, uh, please support us. And, and then you'll be able to join us by becoming a patron on Saturday, the 28th of January. This, That's this two Saturday. days from now. Uh, we're going to be noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and we're going to have an AMA via Zoom. And we've got some giveaways. Uh, Daria, one of our uh, supporters, she's absolutely brilliant. Uh, she's a physician, brain surgeon level neurologist, but she retired and she's now doing the Beamer. She gave me a really nice Beamer backpack to give away. So that we've got some fun things. You guys are awesome. We get to give stuff back to you. So that's just a cool. bonus time in there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ula laughs a lot. She says, and I mispronounce English words all the time, which we love Ula for that. You keep mispronouncing them. Very endearing. <laughs> Our friend Marge, 
uh, is commenting, my son got the star on his ID. Uh, that's the real ID, by the way. She says her daughter, the nurse, suggested he, if he do this. I chose not to, so I will be grounded in Michigan in 2025. Oh, Marge, stop it. Come on, Marge. I, I told you they've been trying to get this implemented since 2005. They think 20 years later, they're going to finally get the real ID to go through. There'll be more people, not fewer, that are going to resist this. And God bless you, Marge, for seeing that and, and resisting it. Because the, the digital ID is next. If they succeed at digital identification, then we are in the zombie apocalypse. There are no rights. There's no privacy. There's nothing left. So, folks, resist with everything you got the digital ID because that's that's a steps progression into uh, digital ID hell with the the you know the, the yellow star, gold star they put on your ID. That's real ID. Resist, y'all. Don't you don't have an obligation to do what they say you you, you must do. This is time to step up and do right by God. Whatever you do, I'm not judging, by the way. I'm just telling you how important I believe this to be. Yes, honey. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't I? Well, no, you watch the food. I'll go get Ari. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, my daughter's ready to get fr picked up from school. Uh, no. So if you want to play, if you don't mind, Super Don, uh, no. the safe and effective trailer, and then you can sign off after that. It's up okay. to yeah. Uh, it's about a four minute trailer. <clears throat> you guys can see that it'll be released on February 1st uh, at the Utah State Capitol. Uh, but those of you who want to check it out and share it, please do. Uh, there are more stories to tell. And uh, we, we're trying to make this as apolitical as possible, even though we know politics plays a role in our lives. And um, there are people running for political office. They have a party affiliation. But I'd like for you to see that Jonathan E. Mort is beyond a party affiliation. He's a man of great integrity, for instance, in that regard. So Yep. Um, y'all check this out and God willing, we'll be back less than 22 hours from now. Super Don's going to play the clip and then say, good night. Sayonara. See you tomorrow. Right. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Thanks. All right. Love you guys. I just want this pandemic over. Let's just do this. Let's go for it. My name is Robert Scott Bell, and I'll be hosting you on this journey as we look into whether this vaccine is really safe and effective. I went on stage, no fear. I have no fear of this of the stage and blank. Uh, the microphone is in front of me. They asked me to say something. I can't, I just went blank. Not right after, but I think within two weeks of uh, the shot, I started to grow, a lymph node started to grow on my neck. And so the lymph node actually ended up growing to the size of a golf ball. So I started losing my hair and I have quite a big patch here. Um, this was in the fall time that he began having these symptoms and he passed away before Christmas. He had two grandchildren, never met his third. Actually, at one point when I was feeling this crummy, I hooked myself up to the EKG and saw every time I felt horrible what was going on. 
and what was actually going on was that I would have what they call PVCs or an irregular beat backfiring back to back. So I'd have a normal rhythm and then it would go boom, 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 when I was feeling crummy and feeling that. feel short of breath, I'm anxious, I can't sleep, my vision's blurry, I can't stop shaking, and I just barely received my first dose of a Moderna vaccine. What is going on insisted that I was a high candidate for bipolar. Had you ever been diagnosed no, with bipolar? just out of nowhere, I was a, a candidate for so bipolar. been there for close to five years and I was there at the very beginning of COVID. There was lots of talk about mRNA and what a lot of them said was we don't really know that was the census is that we don't know we're just being told and this is what we're you know this is what we're being told so because we're being told this mm. this is going to save us. The reason why I got the shot um, with everyone health and I believe a lot of our, the healthcare workers did is because the media made it so scary for everyone that we thought this was our saving grace. The way I look at it is they've caused us to stop living to save our lives. And I just hate that feeling. That is Utah Safe and Effective documentary that uh, will be coming out soon. We'll have more information on that on uh, how you guys can watch that. And, um, yeah, wow. So, you know what? Robert's gone. And so he left me here with the keys to the studio. Uh, just think of all the crazy things I could do right now. But I'm not going to. Um, we're going to go ahead and sign off. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll have Michael Bolden tomorrow. Looking forward to that. And uh, appreciate appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, you guys have a great afternoon, and we will see you tomorrow. See you later.